welcome everybody this morning. We uh, appreciate the great crowd we have this morning. We've got a lot of people here, and it's, that's a blessing. Uh, appreciate our kids and uh, just being able to feel the Lord this morning. Just um, we can't thank the Lord enough for what He does for us every day. There's uh, probably most of it we don't even realize uh, what He's doing for us, uh, how He's watching out for us, and um, guiding our path. And uh, you know, we try to pray and ask Him to lead us and guide us, but there's uh, so many things that uh, we probably don't even realize that how he blesses us, and, uh, but we appreciate the ones we do realize and uh, how good he is to us. We just look forward to having a good day and uh, just pray that we can all uh, get in our spot and follow him this morning and see some people get saved. Uh, I'll ask Cooper to dismiss us this week. Appreciate being in God's house, and uh, Ryan was talking about the Lord taking care of us in ways we don't even know. And we went, we went up to Michigan yesterday to great granddaughter's birthday party, and uh, we was coming back last night, and uh, we missed our road somewhere I don't even know anyway it wasn't no big deal because we was going to take 23 and we got a, we was on 75 so we got back home but uh, we missed the road and, and we was talking about it neither one of us didn't know where we missed the road at and my wife my wife said maybe the Lord done that said maybe he's keeping us out of trouble on the other road so and I believe God does that. I believe he looks out for us. And now, sometimes, sometimes it's his will that we get in trouble. Or, or we get ourselves in trouble one way or the other. But that's a whole other story. Uh, our, our lesson this morning is in 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. 
and uh, kind of a familiar story. Uh, lay a lay a little background on it. Uh, David, from the time that David killed Goliath when he was just a boy, uh, until the time that this story took place, him and Jonathan had been real good friends. And uh, Jonathan was Saul's son. And everybody probably knows it, but Saul was the king. And, uh, but David had already been anointed king over Israel in Saul's place. And uh, now I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know for sure if, if Saul knew about that or not. But now Jonathan did at some time or other. And I don't, I've not studied up on that. I'm not sure, but uh, I know I got a, I got a scripture here in First uh, Samuel, the 20th chapter. And Jonathan was speaking, and he said, And thou, they're talking to David, and thou shalt not only, while yet I live, shew me the kindness of the Lord, that I die not, but also thou shalt not come out, cut, thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, everyone from the face of the earth. He was talking about when David was made king and, and uh, that he'd show kindness to his house. And, uh, and this story this morning is about Mephibosheth. I don't know if I pronounced that exactly right or not, but uh, David's son, or Jonathan's son, and uh, uh, and uh, well, let me read in the, in the fourth chapter, the fourth verse. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. They were, they were dead. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. So he was, he was lame in both feet. He wasn't, he wasn't able to get around real good. But... <clears throat> Well, let me, let me read a, a verse in this lesson. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may shew him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So he remembered, he remembered the covenant that him, him and Jonathan made a covenant with each other. And uh, regardless of what, and if, if you read this story, You'll find where Jonathan helped David a lot of times when Saul was trying to kill him. And uh, so him and, him and Jonathan were real good friends. And uh, so he, he was wanting to know if there was any left. And this, this was 
probably 20 years after David became king, somewhere in there. And that's just kind of a guess, but he'd been king for quite a while. Because it, if you remember, we had a lesson here a while back where they brought the, the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And by the time the Ark of the Covenant came to Jerusalem, he'd been king 20 years. And uh, so uh, he'd, been, he'd been king for a pretty good while before he, he just happened to re think about this, I guess. I don't know. But uh, he's going to show kindness to Jonathan's family. And, uh, and, and this, this whole story, and everybody probably knows it, but this whole story reminds me of our story, every one of us. And uh, uh, we was all lost, in trouble, lame in our feet, and in our head too probably, but all kinds of problems, mostly down in our soul. And God took care of it. He sent us an invitation. Uh, and there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. Now, when Saul and Jonathan got killed, and, and I don't know what all happened, but David became king. Ziba took over Saul's possessions. I mean, he was, he was operating them just the same as if Saul was there, only I, I think he was getting the rewards out of it. He was making the money off of it. Because of the Bible, the story said that he got rich. And uh, so he didn't want he, he, he went along with David on everything David wanted him to do. He agreed with it. He knew better than not to, I guess, because he was, he was a servant, and David was the king. He could do with him what he wanted to. But, <clears throat> uh, and, and we'll, we'll get into some more of that in a minute. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may shew the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the first, first time he said that about being kind to him, he said, he said, for Jonathan's sake. The second time he said, I'll show him the kindness of God. And uh, if, we, if we've been saved by the grace of God, our life ought to reflect that in everything we do. Uh, we ought to we ought to talk right. I've I've known some people in the past. I, I I don't think I know any right now that I know of anyway. But I've known some people in the past that were that were saved people that every once in a while handle some bad language. 
That's unbecoming of a Christian. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's unbecoming of anybody. But uh, for somebody, if somebody says they've been saved by the grace of God, the Bible said filthy communications corrupt good manners. That's in the Bible. And uh, if if we want to if we want to help our people, and now. I knew a guy one time, and I think I've probably told this before, but I, I worked close to him at Superior Coach. It's been years ago. That place shut down in 81, so it's been a while. But he, uh, he, was, a, he was a nice guy. He, he claimed to be a Christian. Nice, I suppose he tried. And... Uh, but the guy, one of the guys that worked with him said he called him one day and uh, wanted to talk to him about something and uh, said his daughter answered the phone. And he asked for him. She said, well, he's in the bathroom reading his Playboy magazine. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what they told. But what we do at home our kids know about. We might think we're we might think we're hiding something. Uh, I guarantee you, if a devil gets you into something that ain't right, he he'll publish it to somebody. Somebody'll know about it, and it'll probably be the very person that you want to try to help get saved. So we need to. We need to watch how we walk and talk and everything that we do. Don't need to be sitting watching filthy stuff on television. There ain't hardly nothing else on there, but uh, just be, be very careful. The Bible said be sure your sins will find you out. And... Uh, Anybody got a comment? And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Zeba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. And uh, that Lodibar is a the main focal point of this lesson, I think. Uh, that's where every one of us was. Uh, if, you, if you look that word up, it, it said uh, the meaning is no word or no pasture. And uh, so a barren place. And that's where every one of us was when God reached out to us. And uh, I, I, I know everybody here remembers the day that God called you, the day that God spoke to you, offered you a seat at his table. Now, the preacher might not have said that. You might not even thought about that, getting a seat at God's table. But that's what he was offering. And 
God, God spoke individually to every one of us. Jesus died individually for every one of us. Now, and, and all of us collectively. But the day that he spoke to me, that was my day. Now, there, there was another boy said he got saved the same day I did, and I hope he did. But I don't think I've seen him since then, which makes, me, makes you wonder. But it, that was my, day, my individual day, and, and if he got saved, that was his day also. But it was an individual thing. God spoke to me and spoke to him and, and spoke to every one of you on, on your day. And God knows. I, sometimes I, I, got some, I got some people come to church here that I, I've been praying for for years. I'd love to see them get saved. And some of them's probably getting close to as old as I am. That's uh, that's over the hill. So they need to get in a hurry. And uh, I've been praying for them for years, and, and it's it's hard not to get discouraged. But I've thought God knows the exact right time to reach out to people when when they're at the the very best point, the only way I can explain it, the very best point of coming to him, when, they, when they'll be the most acceptive, acceptive, or however you want to say it, that, that uh, God knew that the day that I got saved, and I've told my story over and over and over, but the day I got saved, I was in the little block building over on Albert Street, and I was sitting three or four rows back right over on the, on the end of the bench on this side. And uh, the preacher preached to me that day and uh, preached out of the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. Now, I don't know how come I can remember that so good, but that, that's been in my mind ever since that day. He asked the disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And it got right down to where he said, who do you say? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, uh, and God made that real to me that day. But I made up my mind, I guess, leastways that's what I was doing. I was standing holding on to the bench, and I wasn't about to move. I was going to stay right there. And Edna Mason come to me, and I seen her. She come from over this side of the house somewhere, and I seen her coming, and I knew where she was going. And she come, she come to me and stuck her hand out and said, do you need to pray? And I come out of there, and God saved me. And if she hadn't followed the Lord, I might have still been lost. So we need to, we need to be very careful that we follow God in everything that he gives us. Because every, every testimony, every word that God gives us or song to sing, there's a reason for it. And it might be just the thing that will open the door to somebody that's lost and convince them that they need what you got. So we need to, and 
God, God's good to us. But he, he knew that day that I needed a little, little bit of help, a little push, and he sent it. And I'm certainly glad he did. Because that, that, that's a, I say all the time, that was the worst day of my life and the best day of my life. When God told me I was lost, that's the worst shape I was ever, I was ever in, in my life. When I, come, when I come to Jesus and he took that all out of there, took the fear out, best day of my life. And I'm still in that day. And that, that day will never end. My soul moved into an eternal day with Jesus. So Lodabar was a barren place. Where I was at that day when Jesus told me I was saved, uh, I was in a barren place. I was on my way to hell and knew it. And when when God, like I said, when God spoke peace to my soul, he, that was peace, sweet peace. The peace of God, the Bible said, passeth all understanding. And uh, it's, I, I like to talk about the peace, the peace that God gave us. And I like to talk about the joy. I, I, I love that scripture in Peter's talks about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Anytime that God's Spirit moves in your soul, there's no greater joy. And the, in, in every one of us, I know, has had, had times in our life that we've had problems, bad problems. Maybe somebody, somebody close to us die and of course, we, we expect that. We know that's going to happen sooner or later. But that don't, make it no, that don't make it no easier on the flesh. It's hard on us when our people die or you get bad sick or things happen. It's hard on us. But ever since I've been saved, I've never had a, I've never had a problem in my life. Not one. That Jesus wasn't here, and His peace moved down in my soul, and helped helped me get through my problem. And uh, sometimes He sometimes He'll remove the problem, and sometimes He just helps us get through it. And uh, but anyway, He was He was down in Loaded Bar, a barren place. And the king sent for him. And that's what I've been talking about. I was in a barren place, and the king sent for me. You were in the same place if you've been saved and not. God, God picked me up that day. That was in, in the early spring sometime I don't know what day what even what month it was I know it was in the spring because when I was baptized the water was still cold 
I was baptized out in the river. And uh, it's the early spring of 1956. And uh, still the greatest day of my life. Anybody got anything? God, God don't give no unimportant jobs. They've all got a purpose. Whether, whether people follow it like that lady did or not is up to them, but God's got a purpose in everything we do. And uh, so David, the, then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of, of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And uh, God, guarantee, the, the Bible said, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God had it planned. I, I believe this. He had Jesus. Jesus stood as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God already had salvation fixed before the world was ever made. And uh, Jesus died in due time, the Bible said, and just 2,000 years ago or so, physically that all took place. But in the mind of God, that was all completed before the foundation of the world. Uh, when God, after, after Adam sinned, and God went looking for him. Actually, he didn't have to look for him. He knew where he was at. But, but God went walking in the garden in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where art thou? And when he called Adam, same call that he sent to me that Sunday morning. He wanted me to know where I was at, where I was going, and where I could go. And he sent the call to me. And he's been sending the call out ever since the garden. Same call. And if, if ever, ever, every person, and I know there's a lot of people who don't agree with me on this, 
But every person that's ever answered that call got saved by the grace of God through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. The prophet Zechariah said there, uh, and I may not quote this exactly right, said there was a fountain opened in Jerusalem and part flowed to the former sea and part to the hinder sea. It said in summer and winter. In other words, all the time. And uh, so it flowed back to Adam and it flowed down to us. The same blood. And uh, I agree. I think I heard Terry preach this one time. That somebody told somebody told him they wasn't that blood would have been dried up or there wouldn't have been enough for a drop of blood for everybody. And he didn't shed a drop of blood for me. He shed every bit of his blood for me. Amen. And he shed it every bit for you. Amen. And uh, so the blood of Christ cleanseth from all sin. And uh, so he's he fixed a way before the foundation of the world that we could be saved. And Jesus fulfilled it in due time. Uh, you read, there's a lot of a lot of scriptures back in the old Old Testament that talks about Jesus. They don't call him by name, or they don't call him Jesus, but it talks about him and real plain. And uh, a lot of places talk. Well, a lot of places, a lot of places back there talk about salvation. So King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Bakir and uh, from Lodabar, just like he fetched us out of sin. We was in we was in Lodabar, so to speak. We was away from God in a barren place. And God called us. Scripture. I got it wrote down here. I, could, I probably can quote it, but everybody here probably can. And David, David wrote this. 23rd Psalm. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He he just supplies everything we need. Amen. He brought us out of the he brought us out of the barren place and put us in a place of plenty. Amen. And he told me, he said, ask ask and and you got it. And I I'll just paraphrase that a little bit. He told me whatever I needed to ask him. And my biggest problem, and I thought of this this morning. I was trying to trying to pray. My my biggest problem is God done. God already promised us that He give us He supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. That's a promise of God. And yet, a lot of times. I'll, I'll, I'll 
tell my experience, a lot of times I'll pray over and over and over and over for the same thing instead of trusting God like I ought to that he'll take care of it. A lot of times my faith's weak. I guess that'd be the way to say it. Because God's already made us a promise that he'll do these things and if we'll follow him. And uh, sometimes it's a hard matter to get this fellow here out of the way. So David sent and fetched him. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to, unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely shew thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. We don't have to be we don't have to be in the church house to eat bread off of God's table. There's been I couldn't I couldn't number the times. I remember one time I, I was welding down at Crown and uh, I was humming a song that the choir sings and I can't even remember what it was now but I, I was humming a song that they sang and, and God filled my cup up and run it over and I kept my helmet down for a little while I didn't want them guys to see me crying but uh, God, God can feed us off of his table anytime and will when we need it. And uh, he's a good God. So eat, thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Then the king, it goes to the ninth verse. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. And uh, Ziba had been running that place for a while, 20 years or so probably, ever since the death of Saul. And uh, enjoying enjoying it just like it was his. And uh, so David David gave it back to Mephibosheth and he and we, we'll read the next verse. He told Ziba to uh, keep running the place for, for Mephibosheth but he said he was, he's going to eat bread at my table. And God, now, God will take care of us. I, I, believe, I believe this. I believe from a natural standpoint, God will take care of us exactly the way he wants to. Now, I hope everybody understood that. Sometimes, sometimes things don't go the way I want. 
I remember uh, back, I was talking about Superior Coach a while ago. They closed down in 81. So I, I lost my job then. And I was out of a job for about a year and a half. And uh, uh, of course that bothered me bad. I looked everywhere I could think. But, and even thought about leaving here and going somewhere else. And me and my wife talked about it, but uh, God wouldn't let me. That's about what it boils down to. And uh, then I got the job at the tank plant. And me and my wife talked about that a while ago, or a couple of days ago. That was a blessing from God. Uh, I don't want to get into all that, but uh, God, God's, took, God's took care of me, and there's been times that I would have done it different if I'd had control of it. But right now, looking back on it, God, God done it just exactly right. And uh, we can't see that looking ahead. And, and if, if God's got something planned for you, and he does, I believe, I believe this. I believe God had my life planned from beginning to end. If if I would follow him, now I ain't always followed him, and so some of it didn't go the way he wanted it to. But he had it planned, and he's got he's had a plan, and still does have a plan for every one of our lives. And his plan is that we be the very best Christian. If you want to use that word, that we can be. Be the very best witness that we can be. And we're not all, we can't all preach like Terry Brock. I, it, it'd tickle me to death if we had a whole bunch of more preachers like him. But we can't all do that. And, I mean, every one of us got different, different abilities. And God made us that way. And, and he made us that way for a purpose. He didn't, he didn't make me the way I am so that I could say, well, if I can't do like Terry, I can't do nothing. I've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. And if, whatever that job is, God expects the very best out of you that you've got. And God knows what that is. God don't expect me to do something that I can't do. Now sometimes he tell, he'll give me something to do and I, I say I can't do it. But God knows that I can by his leadership and by his help. And that's the only way we can work for God anyway. Anybody got anything?
day, the day God told me I was lost, and I've done, I've done covered this, seemed like about every, every Sunday, but God told me I was lost, I felt awful. Worst I ever felt in my life, I guess. And uh, I, I knew I was lost, I knew I was going to hell, and I knew I, knew I needed to get saved. This, this guy right here, I, I've had a lot of pride. I, and I've told this, I, stood, I was standing holding onto the bench, and I was looking the preacher right in the eye. And I was keeping my face straight. Well, no way I was going to cry in front of anybody. And uh, pride. But pride goeth before a fall. If, if I let that pride keep control of me, even after Edna come and, and, and helped me, if I let that pride keep control of me, where would I be? More than likely, I'd, still, I'd be in hell. Anything, anybody, anything. Then said Zeba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And, uh, and that's what I, I've been doing. That's, that's been a long time, long time ago. I said 1956. Been eating at the king's table ever since. And uh, I believe Jarvie Rains used to sing a song about eat, eating. A, I can't think how it goes. Eat, eating off the king's table some way. I, don't, I can't remember it, but uh, it's honey, it is so sweet. I can't remember all the words, but uh, right. Yeah. That's been a long time ago. <laughs> but God, God will feed us with the very best heaven's got. And if I don't, if I come to church, or if, or if I'm sitting at home and I'm trying to read my Bible or, or trying to pray and I can't get a hold of the right thing to do any of that with, there's something wrong with me. Because God, God's got it uh, in, uh, in Malachi. Now, he was talking about tithes and offerings, but now I believe them offerings don't only cover money. They cover he told me to present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. I believe that's part of that. But he said, now, he said, try me and see if I won't open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to contain. Now, I might not have quoted that exactly right, but that's, that's the content of it. So God, if, if we'll follow God and do the do what he wants us to do, then 
He'll, he'll open the windows of heaven. Every time your heart's right, he'll fill it up. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all that dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants unto Mephibosheth. Now, we're running out of time. But there's, uh, you read a, on ahead of there, on, when, when Absalom rebelled against David, Zeba took his servants and his sons and, and went out supposedly to help David. And uh, he said, David asked him about Mephibosheth. And he said, well, he stayed in Jerusalem. Said he, he said, perhaps this was his chance to get his kingdom back. Well, the guy lied on him. Cause that, but that's a whole other story. But... Uh, Anyway, we was all we was all in Lodabar, and God brought us out of there and put us in a in the green pasture. And uh, and the last verse of that said, "I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever." And uh, my soul's been dwelling in the house of God ever since I got saved. Down here, one of these days, God's going to change this thing you look at, and it it'll be fit to walk into God's house.